It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for the those who play the game it's made for those who watch it pepsi made for football watching i am your host marcus Mosier. you can follow me on twitter at marcus underscore Mosier. and joining me today as always is landon mccool you can check him out on twitter at mccool bcb you can also listen to him on the best coast boys podcast landon have you ever had one of those days it's just perfect the sun is shining everything goes your way there's no problems at all uh have you ever had one of those before uh yes but I, it doesn't feel like i have very many of those in the year uh 2020 uh except for maybe uh that week we beat minnesota right didn't did a similar uh, sort of uh, sunshine part yeah. in the clouds that that week yeah as well, well the, the, the cowboys got a win over minnesota and landon week 14 of the season could not have played out any better for the Dallas Cowboys uh let's start with what they could control and that's their performance against the Bengals in Cincinnati uh the Cowboys won 30 to 7 in a game that really didn't feel all that competitive the Cowboys scored 17 points in the first half uh thanks to three straight fumbles by the Bengals uh, just your overall takeaways from this game Landon <coughs> what I think overall takeaways I think was a was a, was a good way to yeah to, there you go sum it up I mean I think uh, we, we, you know, it, it's hard not to watch the game, and and just be in awe of how much better the uh, the Bengals were at at tanking than the Cowboys were. Uh, it was just, I mean, for them, I mean, the Cowboys, and, and obviously they're not really tanking, but it, it just felt like it, you were watching a team that was tanking because you know they they were moving the ball and and, and being efficient. And, you know, the Cowboys offense barely spent any time on the field in the first half no, and and no. and uh, the cowboys went into the half uh with a 17 to 0 lead so uh yeah i think that the three the three turn uh fumbles in in basically the first quarter i mean one, one of them happened just at the start of the second quarter uh I, I mean i think that that really kind of tells the tale to to a large degree um because the cowboys defense wasn't exactly uh uh great outside of those three turns turnovers you know it it, it it was giving up a ton of yardage against a, a rather completely inept absolutely uh, yep. uh, you know uh Cincinnati Bengals offense uh and and I think that uh you know the Cowboys offense 
uh, I had some bright spots, uh, you know, with Cooper and, and Schultz, I think specifically. Uh, and, you know, the, the run game was pretty bad and, and the production wasn't great. And so it, it gets again against a Cincinnati Bengals team that wasn't great. So uh, if anything, to me, the, the difference between these two not very good football teams was that uh, Cincinnati gave the game away pretty early with those three fumbles. Mm hmm. Yeah, the Cowboys actually had 11 minutes of time of possession in the first half. 11. They finished the game with 25 total minutes of time of possession. Just not a lot of plays because uh, Cincinnati kept turning the ball over. The Cowboys... After long uh, drives, too. That was the thing. They had two of those three fumbles were after really long drives. So they just ate up all the time of possession and then just coughed the ball up in in the red zone, basically. Let's go ahead and talk about the offense. Uh, Andy Dalton, 16-23, 185 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he did take a couple sacks. The QBR was fine. The pass rating was 123. Um, he wasn't brilliant. It wasn't like this is an all-time great Andy Dalton performance, but I thought he was certainly good enough. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, we've recently, in the last three or four years, seen t- such terrible play at the quarterback position uh, that we can't really take for granted this. You know, what, what's what Andy Dalton's no, doing? No. I mean, he's at least being... Uh, uh, you know, decent uh, uh, from a quarterback. Yeah, there was level. there was some there were some plays where maybe he missed Amari yeah. Cooper on a slow go, and there was a, a CD Lamb down the middle yep. of the field that he didn't throw. But when you're a backup quarterback, you you typically don't see all those types of throws, and you don't make every right read. So uh, for him to go in there, not turn the ball over, to to be effective is exactly what you want yeah exactly i mean i don't you're just don't be the reason that you're that the team loses the game and and obviously he was better than that so uh you know and i think that it helped that he got really good performances i mean you know not eye-popping performances but but decent performances by cooper and 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 schultz were able to get open lamb uh with a with a really big play uh in the middle of the field uh with some uh with some run after the catch and then you know i think a kind of a uh you know, I don't know what it was, but a kind of throwaway uh, garbage time touchdown, I guess, is the best way to put it with to Tony Pollard uh, at, at, at the sure. goal line. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a uh, it was a fine, you know, not noteworthy performance. But frankly, uh, you know, that's what you're kind of just looking for with, with a exactly. backup quarterback and, and especially gets a team that is your your your, your talent is, is a mismatch against them. I mean, they, they, they don't they aren't even though the records are similar, uh, they, they they just don't have the talent that the Cowboys do even when they're injured so uh, really Dalton just needs to be not the reason that they lose the game and just kind of Mm -hmm. find a way to distribute it to the guys who are the talent on this team Uh, and and you know today they did just enough to, to win the football game yeah, and that's exactly what it is. He, he was good enough to, to not get you beat. He was able to, to get the ball to the playmakers. Uh, Amari Cooper had another really good game. Five targets, four receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Bengals couldn't cover him. Uh, the running backs were fine. Uh, Zeke, 12 carries for 48 yards. He did have a long run of 26 yards. Uh, his second 20-yard run of the season. Tony Pollard, 11 for 39. CeeDee Lamb added a carry in there for 15 yards. Again, the Cowboys scored 30 points, but it wasn't the best day from their offense. But considering you've got a backup quarterback in there, you've got a number of you know backup offensive linemen, not all that bad. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about the Cowboys' defense. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes – It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. 
What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, Lane, and this is where this conversation is going to get interesting. Uh, the Cowboys gave up just seven points to the Bengals, uh, 309 yards. Um, <laughs> they did force a bunch of turnovers, and they only gave up seven points. But I still don't feel great about the defense. Why do I come? At, why am I coming out of this game uh, still worried about this unit? Oh, because they, you know, they were giving up yards and chunks to the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, th- th- there's nothing <laughs> to enjoy about the performance of this defense. I mean, uh, yeah, they, they got three, uh, uh, three turnovers, uh, but you know, honestly, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even like Herculean efforts to get to jar the ball loose or anything. I, I mean, like I said, it was the Bengals being the Bengals. Yeah, essentially. I mean, it's it's hard. You know, I mean, I hate to be like that, but it, it, that's kind of the way it felt. And and you know, yeah. it's it just. It, just because the uh, it wasn't very you know impressive stuff and and you know it, it wasn't exactly uh, uh, you know, highlight reel stuff that you were seeing from the Bengals they were consistently able to run the football I mean you know all over the the Cowboys Cowboys line at different points uh, and and you know the, like I said not if not for three fumbles two of which like I said were on their way uh, uh, were at the end of drives that were on their way into you know the red zone. Um, you know, this could have been a very different. This could be a very different game. You know, I I, th- mm-hmm. I think the time of possession, the way that the Cincinnati was able to uh, dominate the time of possession and, and keep the offense off the field. Uh, you know, th- I mean, the, the score tells you that that there was turnovers there, but if they don't get those turnovers, even if they don't get field goals, I think you, you go into the half maybe up like three nothing. You know, or six nothing. I mean, because this this the, the offense really. Uh, was able to kind of just move the ball and just not re- retain the ball when they needed to. And, and, and so against, again, a team that you're battling for at the bottom of, of the, of the league for, for, you know, top, top of the top of the draft pick. So, I, I don't think that this is again anything to, to write home about. You saw some nice plays. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you saw the, the the return from Alden Smith, uh, but I don't think that this is anything that's like makes you feel better about you know the team or the the coaching staff or the players that are on the defense at all. I think it just kind of uh, you know, further confirms that this is not a very good defense. Yeah, and it was there's so many different players that were playing in this one. I'm counting counting right oh, now yeah. 20 different defenders that were on the stat sheet. I, I mean, at one point we already went into this game again with no Trevon Diggs, no Chidabe Awuzie, no Anthony Brown. They cut Daryl Worley. They signed Maurice Kennedy, and he opted out. So those are your top five defensive backs, not including Jordan Lewis, entering the season. And you had Savion Smith get hurt mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, Richard Robinson got hurt. Chris, Chris Westry came in for about two plays, uh, and the, and then he got yep. hurt. So, I mean, the, the defensive backs that they were fielding were absolutely awful. And yet, 
I don't feel like that's their biggest weakness right now, Landon. I really feel like it's an interior of their defensive line. They're just they're getting gashed and dominated up front by guys that aren't particularly good. Do you, are you seeing this the same way? Do you do you think the Cowboys' interior defensive line is their biggest hole right Absolutely. now? Absolutely. I mean, I, I you have to think that you know. I, I I mean, I'm just guessing, but I bet you could use two hands. I mean, less than two hands, probably just one hand to count the number of times that you saw. Uh, a defensive lineman defeating a block on, on, in the run or the pass game. You know, it, it just yeah. felt like it, you you see it from Gallimore from time to time, and then he'll break through. And then uh, and and then and that's the other thing too is that even when they do uh, win a block at the line of scrimmage, it, the time that you see a defensive tackle beat a block and then make a tackle, like make the play afterwards, finish the play, is rare. You know, it's just right now they're just not. I mean, you know, I, we saw Tyro Crawford basically get two sacks in three plays, and and that mm. I, I mean that will basically be his season output. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, if he, he might get uh, one more sack, but I, I, I there's not a lot of games left, but I I doubt it. And like that's basically been uh, the total sack for the guy that was supposed to be your pass rushing interior defensive lineman once uh, once you lost yeah. McCoy. So. He- He's not coming. Yeah, back. I can almost. I mean, he that. feels like he's got to retire at the end of the, at the end of the year, but that's another story. And he might. That could. That could be. That could be the. <laughs> but case. but I guess my point is is that you're. I mean, I think what was really endemic was was uh, there was one play where I think they were running wide zone to the right. Let's say it was to the right. The the offense is right. And mm-hmm. it was clogged up. I think by uh, Lawrence at you know on on the left on his left side, and the offensive line had stalemated the defensive tackle so badly that the that the running back was able to just kind of stop his flow step back like four or five gaps and then go uh cut the backup side backside for like another four yards because you know there was just like a literal wall he basically uh you know Le'Veon belled it where he just stopped you know was able it was able to stand there and wait for the wall just to kind of get past them and then just walk you know a couple of yards up for it's just you know the Cowboys can't they, you know, and and it affects the pass rush too because you see Randy Gregory, you see Lawrence winning, uh, you know, in their in their uh, their pass rushes, but there's no one in the Cowboys pass rush that's winning early in pass downs, and because they can't cover because of the people that they have out there, there's no way for the Cowboys to win early in pass downs. They have to hope that, uh, you know, that, that a hand gets in the face or that the play is long developing so that their pass rushers on the outside can get there because they just aren't winning in the short game of the passes and when you can't win that way and you can't win uh defeating blocks in the run game in the middle of the of your defense uh i mean you're just gonna give up yards in chunks and, and just bleed yards and obviously the cowboys have done that and uh, at a historic rate so far this season yeah, so I was going to mention Demarcus Lawrence continues to be really good. I was just picking apart guys that did play really well. I thought Lawrence played well. Uh, Randy Gregory had a couple pressures, a couple quarterback hits. Um, <laughs> outside of that, though, Landon, I mean, how many other guys can we say played well in this game on defense? I mean, I know they only gave up seven points, yeah. but it just seems like <laughs> considering the situation and considering the opponent, I mean, Jalen had a play where – he completely spun around, you know, outside of the hole. Van Der Esch continues to miss tackles at a high rate. 
Uh, Jordan Lewis wasn't bad. I'll give him some credit. I think he was fine. Jalen Smith at least uh, made some plays. I mean, he had a fumble recovery. He had a pass deflection sure. near, near the goal line that was a big it play. It wasn't his worst game, no, for sure. No, and But, I mean, again, yeah, it's again, it, it's you see the same sort of thing where uh, your linebackers look lost in their run fits, you know, and, and, and uh, defensive tackles getting all the way – their bodies all the way turned around so that they're facing the sideline as the running back uh, runs through their gap. You know, it's just yeah. What are yeah. you supposed to what What are you supposed to do? And then and then out behind them, they have backups to the backups out there getting you know gutting it out because they're hurt, and and, and right. they, they, you know they can barely live up to their already low bar because they're guys you signed off the street. So it, you know it's ugly on defense right now, and I don't know that it's going to get much better. Uh, as a team f- for a while, but there are, like you said, some performances that you can point out that you feel good about. Like I do, like Lawrence continues to play great. Uh, Gregory, I think, uh, shown you that he it's coming I, I think, on. Yeah, yeah, he's coming sure. on. So there's stuff going on there that's that's been positive. It's just it's it's kind of you know few and far between to be honest. Yeah, well, um, I want to move on to the tanking part of this in a second because that's, that's really the most fun part about today. <laughs> Uh, but any other defensive thoughts? The, the only thing that I want to say, and it's not really a, a takeaway from the game, but <laughs> there was this net where Chris Westry was lined up uh, across from T. Higgins, and he made T. Higgins look tiny. Yeah. Uh, just, a, just a reminder of how massively big Chris Westry is. But I, I, this isn't going to be a game where I'm excited to go see the, the All-22 to see if there was anybody that popped on defense. Any final thoughts on that unit? No, I mean it's just it was just a kind of laughable comedy of errors between the, all the different cornerbacks that you know you <laughs> thought would never see a snap, and now you're just hoping that Deontay Burton can get back on the field. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's not a great spot to be uh, in, to be honest. No, it's not, and it's uh, I, I just I can't believe we're already at that point in the season where it's a bunch of guys that I don't even know who are on the field for the Cowboys playing cornerback. Yep. I I was sitting with my dad and uh, watching this game, and I said. Uh, who's 33? We had to look it up. Um, it's almost, I, I promise I covered this team. I know. And, and still, I know. It's, it's still, it's, it's crazy. Um, all right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your first box. Again, that is BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon. So entering this week, we knew that this was really going to be the battle for the number three pick. And we had a feeling uh, that the Bengals were going to do a better job of tanking than the Cowboys. And that turned, you know, <laughs> that, that was the case. And uh, I think a lot of people who really care about the draft pick order, they were nervous that the Cowboys could fall down, you know, outside of the top five with a win. Um, 
But instead, a lot went the Cowboys' way on Sunday. You had the teams like uh, the Chargers and the Eagles both win. You had uh, a team like... Um, I'm just I'm looking at the order really quickly. Washington went one. Um, you know, uh, even even um, Houston was. Comp- I guess they didn't win. They beat. No. They competed with Chicago, but uh, Chicago fell down in the draft order a little bit as well. So, as of right now, going into the Sunday night game, we're recording this on Sunday. The Cowboys currently sit at the number five spot mm-hmm. uh, with the Jets, Jaguars, Bengals, and Chargers ahead of them. Now. The Chargers have a slightly worth, worse strength of schedule than the Cowboys, uh, but that could easily change depending on the outcomes of the next two games on Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football uh, because the Cowboys did play the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Browns this year. But as of now, the Cowboys moved down just one spot in the draft order, um, and it could potentially be no spots even despite the win on Sunday. Uh, so how big was this and how perfect of a Sunday was this because the Cowboys were able to win and not move their draft pick spot too much? Oh, it's huge, right? Like it's, uh, you know, to be able to get your have your cake and eat it too, it's, it's, it's pretty pretty great, you know? And I think... You know, I, I still it's still tough to watch a team lose, and and to lose to Cincinnati would have been, you know, especially the way that Cincinnati's playing. We yeah. we saw it would have yeah. been would have been pretty bad. Would have been you know it would have been ugly to watch, and and even last week, you know, watching everybody tear each other apart, talking about this team, it's it's ugly. It gets ugly when when your team. Yeah, loses. they needed a win. Yeah. I feel like this team really needed a win. Um, and you know, honestly, it, the, the truth of the matter is, is that. Even if the draft uh, order stays the way it is, let's say let's say the Dallas stays at five, right? You go, you got Jets, yeah. Jacksonville, and then you got two teams that aren't going to be picking a quarterback. At least you feel pretty confident nope. that, that that you're not going to nope. see them either pick a quarterback. They just both of these two teams just picked quarterbacks last year, so. And it, I would think both those teams are going to be looking at the offensive line. Yeah, right? or or at least you know maybe one of them thinks about like let someone like Jamar Chase or something like that, who's I think you know sure. worthy of a top five pick potentially, right? Sure, sure. So the Cowboys still sit at five, where a spot where if you wanted to get a deal done to come up and get a draft pick, get in front of Carolina, like who is currently sitting at six, get get in front that, of Atlanta, who you know. Yeah, I don't know. Did you watch the Charger game today? Uh, I I watched the the, the tail end of it a little bit with with, with the throws. Why why? Well. I that, I mean, I think if you watch the last uh, minute of that game, you probably know that Atlanta is going to be looking for a quarterback yeah. this offseason. Yeah, right? well, I mean, I think that was the, I, I, that was probably the case before before that too. But yes, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree that it was probably over at this point between uh, Ryan and them. So, yeah, I mean, th- those are two teams that you know, real realistically, and then obviously Philadelphia. Uh, I, I think even with even with Hertz performance, potentially could be looking for a quarterback, um, but maybe not. You know, maybe not with 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 the way they're they're cap situation is maybe they can't afford to they have to spend it at something else because they need the they need to figure sure. something out but anyways dallas still sits pretty for uh, uh you know a trade down situation for teams that want to get ahead of that last team that's looking to pick mm-hmm. that third quarterback zach wilson or justin fields whoever it ends up being right uh so i i think that if the cowboys can find a way to kind of continue to you know not make us all d- depressed by, by while also maintaining this draft pick uh, it, mm-hmm. You know that'd be a nice finish to the year, and then we start having the conversations about you know what what this who's going to be leading this defense and who's going to be leading this team next year, and then we start talking about the the, the draft picks in a more serious mm-hmm. nature. But right now we still have you know a few weeks left, so we we, we we're going to get through that and and try to you know like I said 
not feel gross and sick to your stomach about watching your football team every week. Uh, but but also trying to find a way to maintain a, a top five pick. Yeah, I think you hit on something that's really important there, Landon. You, you mentioned about the Cowboys being in front of whatever team is going to maybe look at a quarterback first, right? We know the Jets and Jaguars are going to do it. The Bengals and Chargers won't. Uh, so the Cowboys are still in a good spot, even if they sit at five. Uh, just a couple teams. You mentioned Carolina. They're one. I think teams are going to want to jump Carolina. Teams that I wrote down, you've got Atlanta sitting at seven. You've got San Francisco at 12. Uh, the Giants at, or the, excuse me, the, well, the Giants at 10, the Eagles at nine, uh, Denver at 13, New England at 15, Chicago at 16. So a, a lot of teams that might want to get in front of Carolina to get somebody like Zach Wilson or maybe a Justin Fields who falls a little bit. So, uh, so far, so good. I, again, I think the Cowboys are doing. Uh, they're in a good spot with three games to go. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna learn about a lot about this team over the next couple of weeks. Um, we have games against San Francisco, the Eagles, and the Giants. I would expect the Cowboys are probably going to be underdogs in all of those. Um, so. I, I don't want to say the Cowboys are a lock to get a top five pick, but after the developments from Sunday, it does feel like we're getting closer and closer to that being the case. Um, any final things from week 14 before we head out landing from the game, from all the other action around the NFL, uh, anything you want to mention? Nope. I mean, I think you were, we're really on track for kind of the, like I said, the best scenario where the Cowboys, uh, uh, play somewhat respectable, but still maintain a top five pick. Uh, and by respectable, I mean for a top a team that will be picking the top five. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think you know at this point, um, you, you look at like you said the rest of the schedule. There's no one that really looks like a, a, a team that the Cowboys are severely going to overmatch. So I, I think it's a fifty fifty game with a lot of the rest of the, a lot of these games the rest of the way. Uh, all the teams that uh, you, you would worry about getting in a better position on the Cincinnati Jacksonville Jets. Those guys are kind of out of reach right now. The top three feel like they're probably locked in so really it's just you're you're trying to figure out exactly that four five six seven situation uh with with the rest of the with the rest of the those those guys that are in play there and 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 for the cowboys you know because of the what of the way they have health wise and especially now in the defensive back situation yeah Yeah. uh it's 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 just not looking good for them being favorites in any of these games so you have to feel good about their uh positioning at least uh, on those you know three or four teams that are all kind of I don't know if you want to say positioning for the the, the, the best pick or uh, not positioning for the best pick but either way the Cowboys look like they may have the inside track I guess right. to the number four or the number five pick uh, the only other NFL thing I want to say is we've got a full-blown quarterback oh, yeah. controversy yeah. in Philadelphia yeah. and this is so great it's going to be so much fun yeah. this offseason can, can I just can I just give you my prediction real quick sure this go is, ahead I think is what's exactly going to happen um everyone in Philadelphia is going to get super excited about Jalen Hurts's performance oh my gosh you know look at what they mm-hmm. did uh against New Orleans um and then they are going to waste a lot of time and resources on a guy who is uh and and man I this could easily come back and bite me in the butt but I just feel like it is probably going to end up being an average at best court, uh, starting 
quarterback sure. because he just he ultimately, even though he's athletic, he is also limited as a as a pocket quarterback. And once defenses uh, force you to play from the pocket uh, and, and show what you can do, you have to find a way to be able to win from the pocket in the NFL. Otherwise, the NFL teams will force you to do that every single week. And I, I just don't know that Jalen Hurts has the arm strength and that the Philadelphia Eagles have the, the talent yet uh, to, to mm-hmm. kind of make him be able to do that at, at this point. So please continue to bang your head with the quarterback situation up there, Philly. That sounds great. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. How many people in the national media this week are going to be calling Jalen Hurts ne- the next Dak Prescott? Oh, so many. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing because he's, he's, <laughs> oh, he's just he's just Dak Prescott because he's, you know, he's a, he's a, a quarterback who uh, uh, could, could was played in the played, SEC? Played, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess, that's right. Uh, and yeah, and ultimately, yeah. and ultimately, uh, uh, you know, is is did a lot of running in, in college as well, and, and designed runs of stuff. And so they're gonna, yeah, I can't think wait. That that's gonna translate right away to the NFL. I can't wait. It's gonna be a great week. The the Eagles fans when they get their their hopes excited, it's always fun to watch them come back down to earth, and I'm sure that'll happen sooner rather than later. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.